What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. And welcome to week 12, Thanksgiving week, of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. And who doesn't love Thanksgiving week? Three Thursday games? Thank you very much. A full 16-game slate on the way for week 12. But before we talk about the great week to come, and again, happy Thanksgiving to all of my friends and listeners and fellow prognosticators in the United States of America. Before we talk about the great week to come, let's talk about the great week that was, and that was in week 11. Straight up, 9-5 and five in week 11, and I will take that. We almost got to that double digits and wins straight up, which is where we always like to be. But 9 wins in a 14-game week, we'll take that every time it comes along. 98 up, 61 down with the two ties. Overall, straight up on the season, 9-5 and five in week 11. We were also 9-5 and five against the spread in week 11, which is really good after week 10, we pulled in a 5-9 and nine against the spread. So we flipped that on its head in week 11, which is excellent. We almost got to double digits again with the against the spread in week 11. We'll talk about that in a second, but kind of got screwed by a half point. But anyways, 9-5 and five against the spread in week 11. 84 up, 73 down with 4 pushes against the spread on the season. Over under, we almost got to 500. We just fell a little bit short. 6 and 8 in the 14 games in week 11. So we again, we were right there. A couple more points here and there, one more score here and there. We probably would have got there, but 6 and 8 over under, all in all, I can't be too upset about it. 84 up, 76 down with the one over under push on the season. Taking a look at last week's platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, and I continue to really struggle in the over-unders in these picks. I think this is now two straight weeks of going one and three over-under in these picks, or like two and two, one and three. Like we, we, We've been suffering a little bit on the over-under in these picks, but the straight up and against the spread, they definitely turned around this week. Bronze pick, I told you to take Detroit to beat Jacksonville. They did that by a touchdown, 26-19. It wasn't against the spread win because I told you to take Detroit minus 6.5. They win the game by 7 points. That's a win right there. We lost on the over-under because I told you to go over 47 points and they only get to 45. So again, one more score there any way you slice it and we're going to get that over that over and we're going to get that win over under didn't work out silver pick told you to take new england to beat san francisco they did so 30 to 17 convincing 13 point win but it was an against the spread loss because i told you to take new england minus 13 and a half so we were right there at a half point screws us out of a four and oh against the spread week in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. That's just how close it was. It was also an over-under loss, as I told you to go over 51.5 points. They only get to 47. So we were, it was close on that, but again, didn't get there. Gold pick. Told you to take Oakland to beat Houston in the Mexico game on Monday Night Football. They did that last night by a touchdown, 27-20. to It was an against-the-spread win, obviously. Told you to go Oakland minus 5 in that one. They win the game by 7 points. And it was our only over-under win on the week as well, as I told you to go over 46 points, and they get to 47. So we swept the gold pick this week, and that felt really good. However, we did kind of give it back on the platinum pick, as I told you to take Kansas City to beat Tampa Bay 
a mind-boggling loss here for the Chiefs. Chiefs lose that game 19-17 to Tampa Bay. It wasn't against the spread win because I did tell you to take Tampa Bay plus 7.5 points. I knew 7.5 was going to be too many in this game. But it was an over-under loss as I told you to go over 47 points and they only get to, what, 36? So we weren't exactly close on that one. 3-1 and one straight up, 3-1 and one against the spread, only 1-3 and three over under in the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze from Week 11. Taking a look now at the straight up and against the spread private pick'em pools for the Season 5 of the Bridgewater's Finest NFL Pick Show. We're going to start in the straight up pool as always. Uh, I continue to be in second place now. Again, I dropped out of first place last week. Still in second place out of 28 managers. 834 out of 1,265 possible confidence points. It's a clip of 66%. It's right where we want to be. It's really tight at the top. In week 11, I did pull in 79 out of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 75%. I'll never argue with 75%. Shout out to our week 11 winner, Mighty Gazelle. Mighty Gazelle, I think that's just the first time I've called that name this season. 11-3 and three in week 11. Really, really great week for them. 96 out of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 91%. It's an excellent week. Mighty Gazelle wins week 11. And shout out to In A Minute Man, who continues to be our overall leader for the second straight week. 99 up, 60 down, and two pushes. So only one more correct than I have on the season. But also just a little bit better managing the confidence points. 843 out of 1,265. That's a clip of 67%. So the difference there is only nine points. It's still very tight. I imagine it's going to stay tight probably right down to the wire this season. But shout out to Mighty Gazelle for winning week 11 and In a Minute Man for remaining the overall leader. We go now to the Against the Spread private pick and pool where I remain in fourth place out of 22 managers in that one with, according to Yahoo, 83 correct against the spread picks out of the 160 games. That is a clip of 52%. As a reminder from last week, sometimes Yahoo's spreads change just before the game and they differ a little bit from what I'm going to give you on Tuesday morning when I record this episode. So we got to go by what Yahoo says the scoring is. So Yahoo says I only have 83. I say I have 84. In any case, 83 wins according to Yahoo, 52%. In week 11, I pulled in eight of Yahoo's 14 lines. So that was a 57% clip there. So it was a good week for me. Shout out to our week 11 co-winners and there were three of them. West Coast Martin, Half Moon's Picks, and Candyman150, and I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've called Candyman150's name this season. They got 10 of the 14 spreads correct in Week 11, so that three of them are going to share victory in Week 11. 10 out of 14, it's a clip of 71%, and that is an excellent week any way you slice it. And based on that, Half Moon's Picks jumps over Brady's back, Holly Gordon, to take the lead in the Against the Spread Pick'em Pool, 88 correct against the spread picks out of the 160 games so far this season that's a 55 percent clip and Stephen coleman of half moon's picks has retaken the solo lead all alone in the against the spread pool so shout out to west coast martin half moon's picks and Candyman 150 for co-winning week 11 in the against the spread pool and to half moon's picks for becoming the new consensus overall leader 
Let's take a peek now into Fantasy Corner to see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week 11 and across my eight leagues there. I went six and two, very successful week 11, except in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators League where I dropped a game that I absolutely needed to win, a loss to Bad News Bears who was in the bottom two of the league prior to this game and I'm right down there with them now in 10th place out of 12 teams at four and seven. That essentially kills my playoff chances. Mathematically, it's not over, but I need to win out. I need three teams ahead of me, basically, to lose out, and I need to gain about 70 points on the lowest scoring team. So mathematically, it's not over, but it's essentially over. So I basically now have to embrace the role of spoiler. That starts this week in my Week 12 matchup against Chalupa Batman. Now, Chalupa Batman is 8-3, I believe, second place in the league, and has already tied up a playoff spot. So, how exactly can I play spoiler? Well, Billy B, fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator, part of the Hatbox channel, Billy B is in first place on points with the same record at 8-3, so basically, if I beat Chalupa, it's going to give Billy the inside track to get first place. So let's see if I can do that, help Billy B out a little bit. Uh, thank you, Bad News Bears, for the matchup in week 11. I wish I could have performed a little bit better, but, you know, lost by, I think it was 11 or 12 points. So really was not all that close. Chalupa, good luck this week. Again, got to embrace that spoiler role and see if I can help out Billy B a little bit in that one. That is Fantasy Corner. And as always, I'll let you know that if you're watching the episode on YouTube, you can go down to the description of the video and you're going to find all of my results from week 11, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays in week 12. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for season five of the show. Definitely not too late to get yourself shouted out on the show as Candyman150 and I believe Mighty Gazelle have displayed. It's never too late to get a shout out on the show. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. We talk about football all week long. It's a great community. We have a lot of fun. Make sure you join it. And you're also going to find links to other high-quality NFL YouTube Prognosticators who get out there and do this every single week. We're having an incredibly successful season as a community in terms of our picks, how our channels are doing, the health of the community. It's never been stronger. If you're listening to the episode on SoundCloud, search NFL YouTube Prognosticators on Facebook. Get joined on the Facebook page. Get yourself in on all that fun. Now we're back to where we like to be. A full slate of 16 games. It's going to be a full jam-packed episode this week. I can't wait for it. Let's get right to it and get into those picks. So we're going to start right away on Thursday. The very first game of the week, the 12.30 p.m. Eastern game. On Thursday, on Thanksgiving, the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. One of these two teams is really going to get a leg up here to winning the NFC North. Right now they are both tied at 6-4, and four, and it's I think it's going to come down to the wire really between these two teams. This game this week is going to go a long way to determining who's going to win that division. The Lions, I think I might have even mentioned it last week, look like the only team in this division that are interested or actually working towards winning this division. Lions are 4-1 and one in their last five games. They've won their last two. They're really cooking. The offense is doing well. The defense is holding them in games, and they're looking great. Vikings, meanwhile, got back on the happy side of par last week with a six-point victory against Arizona 
at home. That was a game that I did tell you to take the Cardinals in that one because I thought that the Cardinals were going to be able to kind of take advantage of a Minnesota team that's really slumping. But hey, 30 points, that's great to see for the Vikings as they've struggled to score points lately. They got back to the winning ways there and this division is tight. These teams both have losing records inside of their own division at one and two apiece, but I think I got to tell you to go Detroit in this one, and I think it's entirely based on the situation. Detroit's played incredibly well at home this year. Actually, both of these teams have. Both of these teams are four and one at home. Only one team gets to be the home team, and that's Detroit. Both of these teams have four wins inside the NFC, but Detroit's four wins have come in six games, while Minnesota's have come in eight. So Detroit playing better against the NFC and playing incredibly well on turf this season. Both of these teams actually playing incredibly well on turf. All six of Detroit's wins have come on turf-based fields. They're 0-3 on grass. Minnesota's 4-1 and on turf as well. They're going to be playing on turf this week. It's going to be an excellent game. Just a few weeks ago, Detroit went into Minnesota, and so one of Detroit's two road victories this season came against this team. They went into Minnesota, won the game by six points on the back of a 214-yard game from Matt Stafford. Despite the fact that Sam Bradford outperformed Matt Stafford in that game, Stafford got a couple into the end zone, Bradford only got one. I've been really impressed with Sam Bradford this season in one specific area, and that is ball control, protecting the possession. He's only thrown two interceptions so far this season. That's an excellent number to go with his 12 touchdowns. You'd like a little more offensive upside, and actually, to be perfectly honest, I think I'd rather take the 18-5 and five touchdown to interception ratio of Matt Stafford than I would the 12-2 and two of Sam Bradford. Both of these teams struggle to run and move the football, but Detroit is just doing a little bit more with what they've been able to generate this season, averaging about three points per game more than are the Vikings. They're also going to get the home field bump, obviously. I like Detroit in this one. It's going to be a tight game, but I'm going to tell you to take Detroit to beat Minnesota. On the line, the Lions are favored by two and a half points. It's less than a field goal. They're at home. I'm going to tell you to take that. Detroit, minus two and a half against Minnesota. Total in this game is 43 points. I'm actually going to tell you to stay under on that. It's kind of one of those middling numbers. It's a little bit low, but I got to take a look at it. And these teams have combined to go four and six over under in these situations. So that being Detroit at home, Minnesota on the road. Overall, they're only a combined 8 and 12 on the over-under. So even though it's one of those middling numbers, I think you got to stay under on it. So I like Detroit to beat Minnesota. Detroit minus 2.5 on the line, under 43 points. Let's go to Dallas now. And man, how about them Cowboys? The 9 and 1 Dallas Cowboys are arguably the best team in football right now. They are going to be playing host to division rival Washington, who picked up a big win last week. They've actually won two straight games. They're 3-1-1 one one in their last five, which would be incredibly impressive, except they're playing a team that's won nine straight games. Eventually, this Dallas run is going to come to an end. Teams don't tend to finish 15-1. and one. So this run is going to come to an end. Is it going to come to an end this week? Don't bet on it. Look, what the Redskins did last week against Green Bay is something to be incredibly proud of. That offense looked really good. Kirk Cousins looks really good. Dude is going to be entitled to whatever money he gets signed to. But anybody can do it once or twice. Washington scored 42 points. They're only averaging 25. 
Now look, that's good enough for top 10 in the league, but let's not go talking about this team like they're Atlanta or San Diego or Dallas or New Orleans. They're not. And I think if there's any team in football that's going to be able to exploit Washington's number 22 overall ranked defense in terms of total yardage, I think it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas's defense has been underrated all season, and now they're going to be at home playing a team whose offense takes a notable downtick when it's on the road. How notable? It's about five points. And that's why I have to tell you to go Dallas in this game. I like Dallas to beat Washington straight up in Dallas. However, seven points is too many on the line. Right now, that's what Dallas is favored by at home. I think that's too many. It's a division game. I think this is going to be close. Washington plus seven. Total in this game is 51 points. I can't tell you to go over on that. Again, Washington's offense takes a down clip when they're on the road. Their defense plays a little bit better on the road than they do at home by the numbers. And again, Dallas's defense has been underrated all season. So 51 points, it's just too many for me. That's an overreaction to Washington's 42 points last week. I got to tell you to make the smart bet and stay under on that one. Dallas beats Washington in Dallas. Washington plus seven on the line, under 51 points. Let's go to Atlanta now where the Cardinals are in town. Cardinals gave that game away last week against Minnesota. And this is a team that is now 100% fighting for its playoff life. Four, five, and one, 10 games into the season. It's not where you want to be. And again, they're just kind of treading water. Last five games, they're 2-2-1. That's not what you need to do if you want to A, either try to catch Seattle, or B, grab one of those wildcard spots because you're dealing with 6-4 Minnesota, 7-3 New York, 6-3-1 Washington. You can't be idling. You can't just be sitting there. You need to really make your push, and it's got to start now. Unfortunately, that requires going into Atlanta, playing one of the best offenses in football, much less the NFC, and a Falcons team that should feel comfortable in their division despite only being ahead by one game. It's over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to fall off. Arizona's defense still really struggling on the road this season. They're only 1-3 to begin with, but giving up 28.5 points per game on the road, not good. Luckily, I mean, Atlanta's defense has played really poorly at home this season, too. They're only 2-2 two and two at home, which, I mean, look, it's 500. It could always be worse. But they're giving up over 32 points per game at home. That's rough. All told, however, you cannot trust Arizona's defense on the road. Go with Atlanta. I like the Falcons to win the game straight up. On the line, Atlanta favored by four points at home. I'm going to tell you to go with it. It's a small number for one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in football. Now, I'll be interested to see whether Devonta Freeman plays in this game or not. I'm hearing that he's kind of having some struggles and he may be questionable. Hopefully Freeman gets fresh, as the Falcons will definitely need him down the stretch in their push to win this division, get into the playoffs, maybe even secure a playoff win. I think they're going to be on the happy side of par this week, Atlanta beats Arizona in Atlanta. Hopefully Freeman is feeling fresh coming out of the bye. Atlanta minus four? I'll tell you to go with that. Total in this game is 50 and a half points. It's a 50 point total. That always kind of raises at least one question mark, but you know what? Atlanta's are obviously a really good offense. Arizona, their offense plays better on the road. And these two teams combined in these situations, Atlanta at home, Arizona on the road, are a combined 8-0 and this season over under. 
Take the over 50 and a half points. Take Atlanta minus four. Atlanta straight up to beat Arizona. Let's go to Chicago now where the Tennessee Titans are in town to play the Bears. I'm not going to talk about this game for very long because the next game we're going to talk about is the really exciting one. But uh, Chicago, I believe they just had, uh, I think, everyone on their roster get injured or suspended. So, Cutler may be done for the season. And I believe Jarrell Freeman just got suspended four games for PEDs. And didn't Alshon Jeffrey just get suspended for four games because of PEDs. I think Leonard Floyd has a concussion. Now, luckily, the reports on him seem to be encouraging. Hopefully, Leonard Floyd is all right, gets back in there this season. You never like to see a rookie take an injury like that. But let's be honest, I think we all think this is going to be a relatively fluff game for Tennessee. I like the Titans here in a big, bad way in Chicago to beat the Bears. On the line, Tennessee favored by three and a half points. This game started when it first opened. It opened at a pick'em, but then, of course, with the news of Freeman and Cutler maybe being done for the year and da 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 da, it's raised to Tennessee minus three and a half. This thing could be minus five or minus five and a half by game time. Get it now while you can. Tennessee minus three and a half. That should be a lock. Total in this game is 43 points. I like that. I think you take over the 43 points in that one. Tennessee minus three and a half. Titans win the game straight up. Okay, now here's the fun game to talk about. The New York Giants traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns. Why is this the fun game to talk about? I just want to quote something that Stephen Coleman, Half Moon's Picks, said in his video for this week. By the way, check out his video for this week, at least for the Thanksgiving games, because they're really good. And I quote, everyone beats the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are far and away the worst football team in America. I think that includes college teams. And no, that's not me saying that college teams could step in and beat the Browns, just that the Browns are the worst team against the competition that they play in America. However, a couple of weeks back, and I think I've even said it a couple of times in total this season, the Browns are not going to go 0-16. This is not an 0-16 team. That just doesn't pass the eye test. I've said a couple times the Cleveland Browns are going to win a game this season. I said they're going to win a game at home against a team that struggles on the road. Everybody beats the Cleveland Browns, right? You know who's not going to beat the Cleveland Browns? The New York Giants. In the upset of the season... The Cleveland Browns will defeat the New York Giants in Cleveland. And right now I can just hear it, Justin, you're insane. Look, the last time these two teams played, Trent Richardson was still running for the Browns and Josh Gordon had two touchdowns. So it's been a while since these two teams have played. And Rashad Jennings has finally come alive for the Giants, had a really good game last week. And they've still got Odell Beckham Jr. And that's still Eli Manning back there. This isn't just about the Giants only being one and two on the road. It's not about that. You look at the numbers. Their defense gets a little bit worse. It's only marginal. It's only a couple of points. And you know what? Cleveland's offense and defense, well, I mean, the defense is essentially non-existent. The offense, it's right around the same. It's, it's, you can basically depend on what you're going to get out of Cleveland. To me, the big red flag here is the Giants' offense on the road. 
The Giants offense away from New York is measurably worse. 15 points per game. This is a team that has just played five consecutive home games. They haven't played on the road since they were at the Packers. The Giants numbers are skewed. I'm not going to try and pretend that they're not skewed because they are. But even if you look at the offense the last couple of games, they only put up 22 points against the Bears. They only put up 21 points against Cincinnati. That was only a one-point win. They only put up 28 points against the Eagles. The Eagles can't stop anybody on the road. So their offensive numbers are also skewed. Look, this is a dart throw. You want to hear it? I'll tell you. Straight up. This is a dart throw. But if the Browns are going to win a game this season, it's going to be this one. I think the Cleveland Browns win this game. You heard it here first, folks. And remember who told you Cleveland beats New York in Cleveland. On the line, obviously, I love Cleveland plus seven. Even if I took the Giants to win, I don't know, seven points. It seems like too many for a team that really struggles offensively on the road. So seven points seems like too many to me, but I definitely, I love plus seven in a game that I think that team's actually going to win. Total in this game, 44 and a half points. Got to tell you to stay under on it because, again, Cleveland is Cleveland and the Giants don't know what you're going to get from their offense on the road on a consistent basis. So, under 44.5 points, Cleveland plus 7, and the Cleveland Browns go 1-11. and 11. Let's go to Miami now where the Dolphins are going to play host to the 49ers. Not going to spend much time on this game. I think you all know how I'm going to go on this one. Dolphins on a huge win streak right now. Five consecutive wins. They're going to, they're going to roll over the 49ers. In saying that, I do want to say this. In the games that he has now played, sure, they've lost them all. But can we all, can we finally say that Colin Kaepernick deserves to be the quarterback on this team? Kaepernick started five games. Sure, he's only completing about 53% of his passes. And yeah, that's definitely low. He's got 1,100 yards. He's got 7-2 to two touchdown to interception ratio. His quarterback rating is higher than it was last year. And it's right around where it's been in, you know, their good seasons. And he's averaging seven yards a carry on the ground. He's got more rushing yards in his six games this season than he had in nine games last year. Is he fumbling the ball? Sure he is. But this guy is the guy that deserves to be the quarterback of this team. Not going to matter much this week. Miami's going to roll. Dolphins have them beat offensively. Dolphins have them beat defensively. And that San Francisco defense on the road. Ooh, boy. So yeah, Miami all the way in this one. Miami beats San Francisco in Miami. On the line, Dolphins favored by under 10 points at 7.5. You got to take that, I think. Miami minus 7.5. Total in this game, 45.5 points. I think I got to tell you to go over on it. I mean, that's what the numbers are telling me. Miami's gone over in four of their five home games. San Francisco's gone over in three of their four road games, mostly because their defense can't stop anybody. And I mean, hey, it's under 50 points, well under 50 points. I mean, it's under 46. So 45 and a half points, you got to go over on it. Over 45 and a half, Miami minus seven and a half. Miami beats San Francisco straight up. Let's go to Baltimore now where the Ravens are going to play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Ravens looked pretty good in that game against Dallas right up until the end. They ended up losing the game by 10 points. And the Bengals... Here's the problem, guys. A.J. Green, he could be done for the year. Their offensive line, it's bad. Let's be perfectly honest. Their offensive line is bad. Mike Nugent 
is struggling in the kicking game. Didn't they just lose one of their running backs? You bet they did. Gio Bernard out for the season with a torn ACL. Depending on the outcome of this game, I'm willing to take any team that's playing Cincinnati that's favored by less than a touchdown. I like Baltimore in this one. It definitely helps that they're at home. Look, this is a division matchup. It's not going to be a cakewalk. I'm not saying that. But, I mean, the Bengals, they're they're just so beat up. They're really, really, really beaten up. And uh, they don't have a whole hell of a lot to play for at this point, I don't think, at 3-6-1. Certainly doesn't help that they're 1-4 and four away from home and they're giving up an average of 26 points per game. Everything in this points to the Baltimore Ravens with a big victory, and that's how I'm going to go. Baltimore beats Cincinnati. On the line, Baltimore favored by 4.5 points at home. I think you got to go with that. Again, it's less than a touchdown. In fact, it's less than 5 points. So we'll go Baltimore minus 4.5. Total in this game, 40.5 points. I got to tell you to go over... I think Baltimore is going to score a bunch of points in this one, and I don't know what we're going to get from Andy Dalton and Cincinnati. If they can get something, if they can get, you know, 14 points, 17 points, maybe up to 20, I think this thing's going to go over. So, over 40.5 points, we got Baltimore minus 4.5 in a game that Baltimore wins, obviously, straight up. Let's go to Houston now where the Texans are going to play host to the San Diego Chargers. Houston, of course, dropping the Mexico City game. Monday Night Football dropping that game to Oakland. And honestly, Houston just did... Look, it's a better road game than Houston typically plays. We'll put it that way. They controlled most of that game, in fact. But the turnovers and the mistakes and Brock Osweiler just, again, with times that he just doesn't look like a professional quarterback that said Houston is still five and oh undefeated at home they have played incredibly well at home especially the defense only giving up 16 points per game everything in this game is pointing towards taking the Houston Texans to win it which is why I'm going to tell you to take San Diego Look, San Diego's, they're only 1-4 and four on the road. They're not a good road team. The defense is giving up 30 points a game. The offense, not as good on the road as it is at home. They have gone over in four of their five road games. But I, uh, it's just, it's Houston, man. It's, it's, there's something about the Texans. And I can't seem, they're one of those teams that I can't seem to really get a handle on how to bet with them. Again, this is probably the best quote-unquote road game that the Texans have played all season long. And coming home, that definitely helps. And even though they're 5-0 at home, I can't trust Brock Osweiler. I believe San Diego's coming off their bye. I believe I'm correct in saying that. So they're going to be relatively well-rested. That offense is really good. I think they're going to be able to put up their points on Houston. If Oakland put up 27 on Houston, I think San Diego's going to be capable of putting up something comparable. And if the defense just doesn't play like garbage, I actually like San Diego in this one. So I'm going to tell you to take San Diego to beat Houston. On the line right now, this game is a pick 'em. I would imagine Houston will probably be a slight favorite by the time game time rolls around because, again, they're at home. But I like San Diego's side of the line. Take it as a pick 'em right now if you want to, or wait and see which way the line starts moving. If it starts moving towards San Diego, like by a half point, 
quick grab that because it's going in the wrong direction. But if it's heading towards Houston, hold off. Let that line get as big as it possibly can on Houston's side before you take San Diego's. But right now, I'm going to tell you to take San Diego in a pick'em. Total in this game, 45 and a half points. I think I'll tell you to stick under on it. I know four of San Diego's five road games have gone over, but again, it's Houston's defense and Houston's defense at home has in general played very well. So 45 and a half points, maybe it's a gut feeling, but I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. San Diego beats Houston. San Diego has a pick them on the line under 45 and a half points. Speaking of teams just coming back from Mexico, we have the Oakland Raiders. They're also going home to take on the Carolina Panthers. I can't exactly say that Oakland impressed me last night. Again, Houston controlled most of that game, and were it not for an incredible fourth quarter from the Oakland Raiders, uh, they would have lost that game. If Houston would have been able to get just a little bit more going offensively, which it was a surprise that they didn't because Oakland's defense is not great. These are two more teams that have not met for a few years, so you really don't have a comparable sort of frame of reference in terms of these two teams head-to-head against each other. The one thing you can say is Derek Carr is pretty good at football. Derek Carr now sporting a 5-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Oh my goodness, this guy's got a bright future. Big plays last night to Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray holding it down in the run game. This Oakland team looks pretty good. It's worth noting that both of these teams in this situation give up more points than they score. That being Oakland at home and Carolina on the road. And those gaps are by about three to four points each. So it's definitely worth mentioning. The one thing in this game, and I think even with the last game to Houston-San Diego, I'll be really interested to see what the hangover is from those two teams having played in Mexico City, playing at altitude, because altitude really did come into play late in that game And I think I'm going to bet against both of them this week. I actually like Carolina in this game. Now, I think the only reason that I like Carolina in this game is that, again, they have to be the hungrier of the two teams. Right now, Carolina's at four and six. They're fighting for their life. They're playing better lately. Oakland's at eight and two. They're not particularly worried about anything right now. They just locked up their first, uh, or, you know, they locked up a 500 season. That's got to feel good for the Oakland Raiders. I think it's been a little while since that's happened. So they locked up a 500 season. That's got to feel good. They're coming back from Mexico City, having played at altitude. You got to wonder if any of the tequila started flowing after that win. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We weren't in the room. But the Raiders at 8-2, and two, nobody expected them to be here. Sure, they're in the most competitive division in football, so every game has to matter. If it weren't for the Chargers, the Raiders would have the worst defense in that division. And if it weren't for the Chargers, they would have the best offense in that division. But Carolina finally starting to play like they want to be competitive. And look, that division is not out of reach. They're at 4-6. and six. The Falcons are 6-4. and four. I guess one last thing about Carolina and maybe one of the primary reasons that I'm taking them. Everybody saw that injury to Luke Keekley in that game for the Panthers. He's in the concussion protocol. He has no timeline for return, and that looked scary. But the one thing that I really noticed about that injury is that when that happened, Luke Keekley was sitting there in tears. Now look, understandably, he may have been afraid. He may not have actually been knowing what was going on. You take a hit like that, and you're pretty well 
like as soon as somebody looks at you, you're like, yeah, okay, you have a concussion and it's probably pretty bad. But that to me also screamed of a passion for football. And that's the kind of guy that a team can rally around even if he's not in the lineup, almost especially if he's not in the lineup. That locker room can sit there and say, all right, look, Luke's not here. Luke's the captain of this defense. He's one of the elite defensive players in football, as far as I'm concerned and as far as a lot of other people are concerned. He's not there. We got to win this one for Luke. I'm not a believer, and I've mentioned it before, I'm not a believer in the Oakland Raiders defense by, by any means. Everyone's saying, oh, Oakland Raiders, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender. Not with that defense, they're not. And if they were playing a better offensive team than Houston, they would have lost that Mexico City game. I think that comes back this week. I think they lose at home against Carolina. I'm going to take the Panthers. On the line, Oakland favored by three and a half points at home. Obviously, I'm going to tell you to take Carolina's side of that line. It's more than a field goal. I may be willing to take that even if I took Oakland to win the game straight up. But I really like Carolina plus three and a half in a game I think that they win outright. Total in this game, 50 and a half points. Look, it's two defenses that have underperformed. Carolina's missing their best defensive weapon. Oakland's defense doesn't play great at home. I think you got to take the over in this one. So I'm going to tell you to go over 50 and a half points in a game that Carolina wins straight up. And I like Carolina plus three and a half on the line. Let's go to New York now where the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets are turning back to Ryan Fitzpatrick for their game against the New England Patriots. New England wins this game straight up. I don't think I really have to talk about it all that much. New England wins this game for sure straight up. They're favored by just over a touchdown at seven and a half points on the road. Take New England minus seven and a half, even without Gronk. I don't think that's going to be a huge concern there. Again, they beat San Francisco last week by 13 points very comfortably. Didn't cover my spread, but hey, whatever. They still won the game comfortably. I think they do that again this week. Again, Jets defense, that secondary. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, so Tom Brady, I think, throws all over them. New England minus 7.5. Total in this game is 47 points. I have to take the under. I think the Patriots defense is a little underrated. And I don't know what we're going to get from the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick, it could be interception machine Fitzpatrick or maybe not. Who knows? But under 47 points, I think, is the smart play there. So that's the way I'm going to stick with it. New England beats the Jets. New England minus seven and a half, under 47 points. Here's one that could be the game of the week, folks. The Denver Broncos at home playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs, obviously, as I mentioned before, they lost me my platinum pick against friggin' Tampa Bay. The offense obviously did not look good in that game, only putting up, you know, 17 points. The defense, they did enough. They only gave up 19. That should be good enough for the Chiefs to win. It was not last week. Now they're going to go into Denver. And if there's any game that you get up for as the Kansas City Chiefs, it's going into Denver to play the Broncos. I think we can safely say objectively these are the two best teams in that division. This one to me is going to be tight right down to the wire. I need to see I need to see Trevor Simeon, for lack of a better term, play better. I need to see the whole Broncos team play better. Now, hopefully, hopefully, they should get a little healthier on defense. They can get a couple of those defensive pieces back. I think this is going to be a low-scoring, tight game. I like Denver. And I know people hate it when I do this, but this is one of these games where I am going to hedge my bets. Denver's favored by three and a half points at home. 
I think you got to take Kansas City plus three and a half because this is this could just as easily go Kansas City's way as it could go Denver's way. I think this is going to be an incredibly, incredibly tight game. Denver's secondary needs to step up and they need to stop Alex Smith. Not that Alex Smith is a world beater by any means, but they need to really keep him down and in check, force the ball into Spencer Ware's hands, and then go from there. I think that's the path for Denver to win this football game. I think they do that, but I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. And I mean, look, Kansas City could pull it out. So I think you got to go with the underdog side of that line and go Kansas City plus three and a half. Total in this game is 39 and a half points. Look, I mean, I thought it was going to be low scoring, not that low scoring. Take the over because that's a that's 21-20. 21-20 and you're over. So, I mean, you know what? Take over the 39 and a half points because, again, going to be low scoring, but I don't think it's going to be that low scoring. So, over 39 and a half points. Denver wins the game straight up, but Kansas City plus three and a half. The final game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks this week takes place in Philadelphia, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles playing host to the Green Bay Packers. I just I don't I don't have any answers for Green Bay anymore. I just don't. I don't have any more excuses. I don't have any answers. I'm gonna read to you what I put on Twitter as I was watching the Packers Redskins game. Green Bay is a bad football team. It's we can't sugarcoat it. We can't make excuses for it. We can't out and out lie. They're a bad football team with good football players. Is it Mike McCarthy's fault? Is it Aaron Rodgers' fault? Hard to say that it could be, but is it? Is it Jordy Nelson's fault? Is it the fact that they're missing Eddie Lacy and they can't establish a run game? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. But the only thing that I do know is the Green Bay Packers are not a good football team. That defense looked terrible. It looked like someone set the defense to Madden on easy. Because literally, Kirk Cousins just threw the ball in the air downfield and and there was just never a Packer there close enough to make a play. That's not going to be the game this week. Carson Wentz isn't really that quarterback. He's not a downfield thrower. And if this game were in Green Bay, I'd probably tell you to take Green Bay because Philadelphia is not a good road team. But neither is Green Bay. And Philadelphia is 4-0 and at home. Green Bay has inconceivably gone from one of the better defenses in football to being pretty well god-awful. And Philadelphia's defense at home, they're still only giving up nine and a half points a game. Bet with that defense, bet for the Eagles. I like Philadelphia on Monday Night Football to beat the Green Bay Packers. On the line, Philadelphia favored by three and a half points at home. Not only are they undefeated at home, they're also undefeated against the spread at home. Take Philadelphia minus three and a half points, and you got to do that until Green Bay shows you otherwise. Total in this game is 47 and a half points. You can't take the the over because of how good that Philadelphia defense is. You just can't do it. 47 and a half points. Take the under on that one. If it was 45 or below, maybe you grab the over. I think it's going to fall somewhere in that range. But 47 and a half, to me, it's too many. Grab the under. Philadelphia beats Green Bay. Philadelphia minus three and a half on the line, under 47 and a half points. 
All right, folks, let's do it. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 12 in the NFL. I figure this is probably going to be an hour-long episode, so I apologize. But hey, full 16-game slate, what are you going to do? The bronze pick, where I am, 6-5 and five straight up, 5-5-1 five, five and one against the spread, and 5-6 and six on the over-under, sees the Seattle Seahawks travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. And goddammit, I'm going to go down with the ship in saying this is not a good Tampa Bay football team. It's a mediocre team. It's an average team masquerading as a team that's almost good. And if there's a team that's going to exploit that, it's the Seattle Seahawks based on how they've been playing lately. They've definitely turned it around. They're definitely starting to look like the Seattle Seahawks. That defense has now kind of held on. They're back to being the best defense in that division, slightly better than the Los Angeles Rams, statistically speaking. They've scored 23 touchdowns now. They're 500 on the road. They're 2-2-1. That's worth it. Absolutely. They're 4-0 outside the conference. They're 3-1-1 in their last five games, including being on a three-game win streak. Look, I'm not going to take stuff away from the Bucs. They've won two straight games. They've played well in those games. They're 3-2 and two in their last five. That's over 500. They're competitive in their division at 5-5. Five and five. They're only a game back. They don't have the worst defense in their division, but they are giving up. They've given up the most net points against in their division. They're minus 24 in terms of net points. They've basically scored the fewest touchdowns in their division. They're right there with Carolina, 27-28. Now look, They've still scored touchdowns, don't get me wrong, but they're down there towards the bottom of that division. And again, the big thing here, they're only 1-4 and at home. And how bad have they been at home? They're giving up about 30 points a game at home. And look, this is that Seattle defense. That really should be all that I need to say. This is that Seattle defense. And I don't think Tampa Bay is going to score the 23 to 25 points that they've been averaging so far on the season. I don't think that's going to happen. It's the Seattle defense. And even on the road, Seattle's only giving up 16 points a game. They're only 2-2-1, so they're by no means a road team world beater. But it's that defense, and that defense is still that defense, and they're firing pretty well on all cylinders right now. Take Seattle in Tampa Bay to beat the Bucks. On the line, Seattle's favored by five and a half points on the road. It's under a touchdown for a good team against a mediocre team. I think you've got to take that. So Seattle minus five and a half. I think they cover that with relative ease against Tampa Bay. Seattle minus five and a half. Total in this game is 45 points. I think you go over on it because I think Seattle's going to score their points. It'll be interesting to see who's in at running back for the Seahawks, but I think Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, that passing game, I think they're going to be able to do some great things. Jimmy Graham has really come on for the Seahawks. 45 points, I'm going to tell you to go over on it. So, Seattle beats Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Seattle minus 5.5, over 45 points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick, where I am eight and three straight up, six and five against the spread, and six and five over under, sees the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. And the big thing in this game is whether or not Andrew Luck is going to play. This is a Thursday game. It's one of those Thanksgiving games, and Andrew Luck's in the concussion protocol murky at best is going to be his availability he's going to get very little if any practice time this week it's a short week 
I like the Steelers in this, even though they're going to be traveling into Indianapolis to play the Colts, and the Colts have been playing better as of late. I still like the Steelers. It's so funny because the last time these two teams met, Andrew Luck did not play. Matt Hasselbeck played that game, only threw for 169 yards and threw a pair of interceptions. Andrew Luck doesn't play in this game either. I believe Tolzian is the backup here, and if he is, I mean, look, he's going to be coming into what you would call a relatively favorable situation. Pittsburgh's defense is playing okay. They're not playing the greatest, and I think they've actually played a little bit worse the last couple of weeks than they have on average on the season. Indianapolis's defense is not good. They just haven't been good all season, though they've played a little bit better lately. This is a battle of two 5-5 five and five teams. Which 5-5 five and five team comes out on top? I think it's going to be the Steelers. Take Pittsburgh in Indianapolis. On the line, Indianapolis is a three-point dog at home. I think you got to take Pittsburgh's side of that because it's only three points. I think they're going to win f- relatively easily, especially if Andrew Luck is not playing, or really even if he is. Because like I said, concussion protocol, he's not going to get a lot of practice time this week. The game's on Thursday, so Pittsburgh minus three at Indianapolis. Total in this game is 53 and a half. Come on, guys. Really? 53 and a half? I think you got to stay under on it because, I mean, if if Luck doesn't play, Tolzin, Tolzian or Tolzin or however you pronounce that, he's going to be in there. You don't know what you're going to get from him. You don't really know what you're going to get from the Colts run game. If Tolzian is in there, you don't know what they're going to get from the wide receivers. Look, the defenses, again, they're not great, but I mean, 53 and a half, I don't know. It's the biggest line we're looking at this week. I think I'll tell you to stay under on it. Pittsburgh beats Indianapolis in Indianapolis. Pittsburgh minus three on the line, under 53 and a half points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick, the first pick on the season to hit double digits, 10 and one straight up, seven and four against the spread and seven and four over under, sees the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Jags have lost five straight games. They're two and eight overall. Now one of those two wins has come on the road. So it's not like they can't win on the road, but it's been, again, just a chronic thing for Jacksonville. They just, they don't know They're not a team that has a culture of winning on the road. They're only one and six inside the AFC. And I mean, look, Buffalo's only two and four inside the AFC. So they have not been great against AFC opponents, but at home, they are a 500 team at two and two. The Bills, they are a team that know how to win on the road, but they can and they do know how to win at home as well. Jacksonville has lost their only game on turf this season. All of it, I would say, adds up to a Bills victory. And this is just the right time of the season for the Bills to get a relatively soft game against a team like Jacksonville. Again, Jacksonville, they've struggled terribly this season. And the Bills, they're only 2-3, and but they're not out of this thing. They're not out of this thing in terms of maybe not their division, but a wild card. They're still right there. They can still finish this season 11-5. and That's, That's still mathematically possible. It starts this week in a must-win game for the Bills. They know it's a must-win game. Shady McCoy, he's going to have surgery, I believe, on a dislocated thumb or an injury to his thumb, but he is expected to be in there and playing. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to have a field day back there against Jacksonville's defense. Everything, to me, points to a Bills victory, so I'm going to take that. Buffalo beats Jacksonville. The Bills, not to mention, their offense gets really good at home. 
On the line, Buffalo favored by seven and a half points. That's a big line to me. But I think I still have to take it because, again, Buffalo's offense gets really, really good at home. Jacksonville's defense is not good just in general. So I think I got to go Buffalo minus seven and a half. Total in this game, 45 and a half points. I think you go over on it. Buffalo's defense is by no means impregnable. So I think Jacksonville is going to be able to score some points. I don't think they're going to score a lot of points, but I think Buffalo is going to score a lot of points. Buffalo might get into the 40s on their own. The possibility is there. So I think 45 and a half points, I think it'll go over. So Buffalo beats Jacksonville in Buffalo. Buffalo minus seven and a half on the line over 45 and a half points. That is the gold pick. And the platinum pick where I am nine and two straight up, five, five and one against the spread and only four and seven on the over under. Pretty well have to run the over under table to have it look anything respectable, like 10 and seven, all right. But holy cow, only four and seven on the over under, yikes. The New Orleans Saints playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. It was finally time for Jared Goff in that game last week. And they still lost. And I think it was, what, 14 to 10? So they only put up 10 points on Miami. Uh, They should have been able to put up more points than they did on Miami. I still think Goff's probably the right call. Uh, We'll see how he does this week. New Orleans defense is susceptible. You can score points on New Orleans. So let's see what they're able to do. I think New Orleans is going to win this game big time because, look, the Rams' defense, they've been good. They've been good all year. Not going to take anything away from them. They've been good. Now do it against New Orleans. Now do it against, you know, a top five offense pretty well any way you slice it. And in terms of yardage, the top offense in football. So do it against them. And do I think they're going to? I'm going to say no. (laughs) One thing I can say about Los Angeles, three of their four wins have come away from home. They're a better road team, certainly offensively, than they are at home. The defense gets a little bit worse, and that's bad against a team like New Orleans, whose offense gets better when they're playing at home. But, I mean, look, you bring a knife to a gunfight, and I think that's what they're doing this week. Los Angeles is bringing the knife, New Orleans is bringing the gun, and the gun is Drew Brees' arm. So I, I, you got to go New Orleans in this one. I don't think there's any argument to take Los Angeles. So grab New Orleans to win the game straight up. On the line, Saints favored by a touchdown. You know what? It's only a touchdown. It's not more than that. It's very tempting to go Los Angeles plus seven here, but I mean, if Los Angeles only scores 14 points, I think New Orleans is going to get more than 21. So you know what? I'm going to have to go New Orleans minus seven in this one. Total in this game is 45 and a half points. I think you stay under because we don't know what we're going to get from Los Angeles on the offense. No, you know what? I'm going to change that. We're changing things on the fly. Booyah. Let's go over on that one just for funsies. So we're going to go over 45 and a half points on New Orleans, Los Angeles. I like New Orleans to win the game straight up. New Orleans minus seven on the line. That is your platinum pick. Nothing from SoundCloud this week. So we're back to YouTube for the comment of the week from the week 11 video. And for the comment of the week, I have to go back to Half Moon's Picks. Half Moon's Picks is killing it this year with the picks, with the comments, with the videos, everything. Half Moon's Picks 
He is running white hot right now. So we're going to go to Half Moon's picks again for the comment of the week from week 11. His comment was, Week 7, Indianapolis 34 at Tennessee 26. Last win in Indianapolis for Tennessee was in 2007. I think it's going to be a tough one for Tennessee with all those white helmets running around. Good luck this week. Thanks for the shout-out. Love the show. My response to him was, I never would have thought that helmet color would come into play in a game, but leave no stone unturned, right? His response being, there has to be a reason Indianapolis always wins, so why not helmet color? Or it could be a bad Tennessee secondary, I don't know. As we all know, Indianapolis went on to win that game. Tennessee almost came back, but Indianapolis went on to win. So my response four days later after that game was, so it occurs to me you're rather good at this, sir. His response being just a tad, sorry about that. By the way, it was the helmet color. To which I say, never apologize about being good or right. And that is one thing in this game, never apologize for being right. So when Cleveland wins this week and beats the Giants, I will not apologize for being right, no matter how smug about it I am. So thank you, Half Moon's Picks. You are the comment of the week from the Week 11 video. All right, folks, that's going to do it for a very long Week 12 episode. Week 12 in the NFL, it's coming upon us. It's the Thanksgiving week. We got a full slate of 16 games. In the CFL, we're going to get you out of here on my final CFL pick on the season, the pick for the Grey Cup, and we are pumped. It's Grey Cup time in the CFL. There's no better time to be a CFL fan. It's the Grey Cup. And uh, I went one and one picking the teams that are going to be in the Grey Cup. I correctly told you to take Calgary. I incorrectly told you to take Edmonton. Calgary gets through Ottawa with a big win over Edmonton, denying the first ever crossover team to make it into the Grey Cup. In the Grey Cup, Calgary against Ottawa, I've got to go with Calgary. Calgary's been dominant all season. Head and shoulders, the best team in the West. The West was much stronger than the East this year. One game only, winner take all. I got to take Calgary. The game is in Toronto, so it's on neutral ground. The Calgary Stampeders will defeat the Ottawa Red Blacks to be your Grey Cup champion in 2016. I was 1-1 one one last week, 25-19 and 19 overall picking the CFL this season. One of my more successful CFL seasons. I expect it to be 26-19 and 19 by the end of this game. That's it for me, folks. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Week 12 is in the books. Apologize about the length of it, but I hope you enjoyed it. We will see you again in week 13. Have a good one. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone celebrating in the United States. I hope you're able to spend the time with your families. Have a great time. We will see you next week.